Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We're a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I'm here today with Thomas Moore, as always, to discuss Chief Noakes and his new proposal for a community advisory board that's a little suspicious, as well as some election updates. Um, however, to be upfront with you guys, we start off the podcast by talking about jazz school for about six minutes. Um, so if you'd like to skip that part, you can go ahead and do so, uh, and there'll be a timestamp below. Otherwise, you can just uh, kind of warm up with us as we get into it. We've got our opinions, but we want to give you the resources to develop your own. All of the resources that are used will be provided below in the show notes, provided below, excuse me, in the show notes. Um, and we're also going to have a spreadsheet down there for you with all of the uh, candidates who have filed for election in the Fort Worth City Council race, in the Fort Worth ISD School Board race, and in the uh, Tarrant County Water District. Uh, I hope I got that that one titled right. Um, but yeah, check that out below as well. That will be down there for you uh, to do your own research if you would like to. We encourage that. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our Substack at our website, justicereformleague.net, where we will occasionally post op-ed type articles. If you'd like to submit, that's Rhoda in the background. Say hi, Rhoda. If you would like to submit something to the Substack or have any episode ideas or additional stories you would like us to cover, hit us up. Contact us on Twitter at FWReview, on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, or you could send us an email, FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. Oh, I told two people there about our podcast. Oh, sweet. They were uh, two young high school jazz students, and I think I may have scared them away from jazz, but... <laughs> You know, I think that's a good thing. No. Here's my problem with jazz, okay? Uh Uh-oh. Unless you really, really like it, um, and this is coming from a guy who's been in jazz programs, who knows jazz musicians, and they're all incredible. um, I I, I put it like this. You're sacrificing and mastering a few tools to learn about every other tool. You, you know, I know a lot of jazz jazz musicians who know a lot of theory. And they can play every chord, every inversion, every second inversion. But when they write, it's absolute trash. There's no ah. melody. <laughs> it's because they're they they're like a kid at a candy store who can't decide. You know, oh, I could do this and I could. Do this. Yeah, you could, but what are you going to do? Well, it sounds like you're talking to people who are probably performance majors rather than composition majors um perhaps i don't know a lot of a lot of i don't know i went to unt i was not in the program but a lot of my friends were very mm-hmm. versatile very creative writers did wrote really awesome stuff so it's certainly possible but yeah i don't know i don't know well i I'm went certainly biased to jazz. Thing. I, I went i went to college for performance and, and the commercial side of things and all the guys who went to unt um that's what they struggled with was doing less you know oh yeah like they knew I mean, all this stuff and they compared themselves myself. to these other 
badasses and they they think they were insignificant when they're probably some of the most you know talented musicians in the world and i'm not just saying that facetiously you know yeah yeah for sure but because they know so much they don't know what to apply and where i don't know man listen to snarky puppy dude those guys are those guys are no those guys are good too but those guys are are guys who learn the craft and then learn how to use it you know it's a (laughs) it's a high level thing and honestly like you don't need that many tools to be expressive right to be a good songwriter oh yeah i mean anything can be a tool yeah yeah but if when you're at like the when you're in the jazz realm and everything it takes a long time to learn that because you have to master all of these tools and then you have to you know the next part is learning to apply what and where so you're climbing up several mountains that you don't necessarily have to be up there for you know exactly. and unless that's the stuff you're into you don't have to go up there I have seen a lot of people who were like really into either one, they were really into music and then they quit because it was too hard or two. Um, they, uh, they started up kind of liking jazz and then jazz became their whole personality. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it could be an age thing too. I think when you're at, when you're at the age and you're in jazz school, you're in the late teens, early twenties. You know, most most people. Anyways. I so, I literally got out of the guitar program because because like the the second the jazz stuff started sounding better to me than like the stuff I went into there to play initially, I was like, "There's a problem here," you know, because like I'm a big guy on the poetry of expression and everything, you know, and a lot of the stuff I like isn't necessarily the most complicated stuff, but. I noticed that after I learned some stuff for a while, that stuff just didn't appeal to me as much. And I, it was like I was falling out of love with somebody, you know? Yeah. And I really didn't want to. Well, I mean, that's, I mean you got to follow your heart, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, good for you for, for doing that. And it takes courage to do that sometimes, especially after you've made commitments or whatever. So, so good for you, dude. Um, I I love jazz and I don't know I eat that stuff up I'm 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 all about the the extra it is definitely extra, um, but I, I don't know I, if if you're not vibing with it obviously like don't here's like I vibe that. with a lot of it if it's in the right places and it's not like some of this is what I what I like to call like note salad you know yeah they do yeah. all this really cool stuff but there's not a lot of reasons for it that's the other oh, thing yeah. a lot of musicians struggle with is like. Yeah, you can play all these chords and all these riffs and everything, but is that the best thing for the song? You know? Yeah. Oh, certainly, exactly. And that's that should always be the goal. You know, if you're a songwriter, it's always serve the song. Or even if you're just any musician, the hired gun, whatever. Like serve the song. You know, do what's going to suit the song, yeah. not your ego. I was the guy who like didn't necessarily perform well, but the teachers would always be like kind of intrigued by the choices I made because they weren't always like the first thing people thought of and then like stuff would work and they're like how did you how'd you come to picking this up and i'd tell them and they'd be like oh okay yeah well that's our podcast on music (laughs) thanks for check us out on spotify Uh, but, no, but for the next hour, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about how cops <laughs> suck. It's not, not not facetious. That's actually coming. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I guess before we get into the whole Chief Noakes nonsense, 
Um, do you want to, I guess, hit a couple of the updates? There was like a few updates on the election front. Like the, by the way, we had, if, uh, if you missed last episode, we have a spreadsheet that we're providing of all the candidates for the upcoming election in May. Um, it will be, at, you know, we'll be updating it on a regular basis and adding more information. So it's kind of a work in progress, but that will be provided in the show notes. So did you see, I don't, uh, there's like a, like three people. And then I think the mayor, uh, did you, you want, yeah, you, 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 you spoiled the surprise. I was going to be like, <laughs> I was going to be like, and an announcement that surprised literally no one. Maddie Parker yeah. is running for reelection. As is tradition. No, I, I think, yeah. I think we, we thought she was going to. One article that I missed, like after we released our previous episode, it might've been like the day after or the day of or something. Uh, they had said she had raised more funds than like any other candidate, even though she hadn't announced she was running yet. And so I was like, oh, okay, well that must mean something if you're raising a bunch of money. That doesn't surprise me because remember, she was the chief of staff for Betsy Price, yeah, for which Betsy. is also kind of like saying this is my protege and as much as I do not like Betsy Price, um, there are a lot of things she did as a politician, and she did them well. One of them was fundraising. Yeah. Yeah, which if you court yeah. the right people here in Fort Worth, it's pretty easy to do, I think. There's plenty of money to go around if they want. But uh, but I guess... Uh, hey, hey, if, you, if you're not getting the donations from a bass, your ass is grass. <laughs> it sounds like you should be a bumper sticker or something. Uh, I guess I'll run down the list real quick. Uh, I'm not going to recap. If you want to hear the recap of these candidates, listen to the last episode. Uh, for mayor, we got Ken Bowens Jr. running. He's the only guy running. And then we have Jennifer Castillo, Allison Kennedy, who's the uh, socialist that we're like all about. And then Maddie Parker, of course. And Maddie Parker is obviously going to be the front runner in that race. Um, district two, we got Carlos Flores. So far, he's the only person running in district two. We'll still, we still have, uh, three days left to file as of recording. We're recording this on February 12th. Um, so maybe we'll get a couple more candidates. That would be unfortunate if he runs unopposed, but I guess. Wait, what was the, what was the deadline again? Uh, the 15th, February 15th. Gotcha. Um, yeah, my bad. Uh, so yeah, Carlos Flores. I guess he would be a very tough candidate to beat. So I don't know. District three, we got Michael Crane. Same. Am I gonna? I I, I kind of want to move there just to run against him, just to scare him because this, this man is afraid of elections. And I'd like to remind y'all that he still holds the record for the most expensive city council uh, election. That's right. In Fort Worth history. That's right. So he's. You know, again, going to be kind of a heavy hitter this election. We've also got a link in there for the map. If you're wondering, like, where's District 2? Where's District 3? Like, we have the map there provided for you. Um, so, yeah, click on that that part of the link. I, it says new council. Districts. There we go. It's just loading. And District 2 is if my computer would cooperate. District 2 is Carlos Flores. Flores, but I'm trying to pull it up on the map to say where this is. Where oh, District okay. 2 is. Okay um north north side fort worth like near around meacham and like yeah that whole like northern chunk north of downtown all right anyways uh district four is where we've got the new candidate um that was not on last week's episode we have charles larsdorf larsdorf who's running against Teresa ramirez gonzalez uh Lowersdorf, maybe Lowers, yeah 
That's a problematic last name. I would change that if I were him. <laughs> no. I mean, no, you got to, you know, you keep your family name if you want, whatever. Listen, listen, I still maintain politics and wrestling is the same thing, and that name does not draw. I'm sorry. Okay, fair. Yeah, if you want to talk about the aesthetics, because people, you know, names are a factor. Um, he's a business owner. Surprise, business owner. Another one. A lot of these people are business owners. He's the founder of Reality Pro Shots, which produces media for real estate listings. He also is a senior intelligence analyst in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserves uh, and graduated with a master's degree in business administration from TCU back in 2019. And he has served nine years as an active duty Marine uh, and was deployed five times, I guess, before he went into the reserves. So See, here I am wanting to call him a cosplay trade. And you're just like, oh, no, he's just a reservist because he's he's bored. That's his retirement now. Yeah. Yeah. He's already I mean, five five deployments like that's a lot um that's a lot he says uh first responsibility of government is to keep families safe with violent crime on the rise nationally we must make fort worth crime free crime free he, he means for the white people um no i mean that's just that's not that's an impossibility there's no such thing as no crime Unless you're in, you know, North Korea or I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, or like University Park, like that's even they have crime, but it's still like, like I I saw a whole like for those of you who don't know, University Park is the second safest city in Texas. It's also like the second richest area. Yeah, a little enclave in Dallas. I have not seen cops that bored, not even in small towns, because at least in small towns, there's poor people to harass and. And that time, the cops just like, oh, hi. And that's that's all they do. Yeah, they they walk around to make the rich people feel safe, even though like as as though there's going to be a crime, even though like statistically not going to happen. You know. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I missed it when I was reading this earlier. I missed that crime free part, but uh, we get the idea right. Pro yeah. police. Where is he? Is district what? District four. He, district four. And district four is the northeastern chunk like surrounding Haltom City but not Haltom City because Haltom City is a separate city or municipality but like south of it um and east of uh yeah west of it forgive me west of it all the way over to 35 it's like a little sliver from like um Midway Road or 28th Street like all the way up along 35 like up to kind of what is that basswood or something um so yeah, it's like a little sliver between 35 and Haltom City and then like north of 121. Um so yeah, if you live in that area, you got Charles and Teresa Ramirez Gonzalez running in your district number 5. Um same nothing nothing new there. It's uh Gerardo or Arado Sanchez Corona. Uh Maybe we should. I haven't double checked, but last time there was no information on him. We'll run that info. We'll check on him. <laughs> see if we can get some updates. Uh, Bob Willoughby's running again. Uh, William McKinney, McKinley, and Gina Bivens. That's Gina Bivens' district. She's been there for about a decade. We'll talk about her here in a minute. Um, district six. It's got Jared Williams and Italia De La Cruz running. Uh, we support Jared Williams if you live in district six. District seven. Caleb yeah, Jared Williams is in fact the truth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is this the other guy? Let me see. Okay. Oh, Macy Hill. Yeah. District seven. 
So we've got Caleb Blockholm and Jason Ellis, who we talked about last episode. And then the new candidate in this district is Macy Hill. Uh, she is a philanthropic advisor, which is like, okay. Of course, like if we're talking, if we're looking at things through a class lens, like we were kind of trying to last time, um, if you handle super rich people's money, um, you're going to have certain interests. Uh, that that sounds like one of the people who, you know, makes nonprofits run, but also makes them run for the wrong reasons. You know, like that's probably one of the reasons why every say like dollar you donate to a lot of a lot of nonprofits, you're getting like between one and 10 cents. That's probably one of her jobs. The other job she has is probably helping the rich people stick stick their names on stuff, which is really what what she's doing. That's yeah. She, she, yeah. She's there for their vanity projects, people. Exactly. No, you you raise a good point. Like it is probably she probably does work with you know uh, not the nonprofit sector or at least maybe maybe not her personally or her in her position, but like in that field, that is something that's going on. So like you know I don't know I guess you could say it just depends on your intentions. But if you so I'll, I'll continue reading. Hill is president of Tall. Tailwind, excuse me, Tailwind Philanthropic Advisors, a wealth management company, and Hill serves on several boards, including the Board of Visitors at TCU's Adrian, no, Adran, excuse me, Adran College of Liberal Arts, and the Cowtown Marathon. So she's on the board for the Cowtown Marathon as well. She's wife of James. Oh, here's the concerning part. I remember. Uh, Hill is the wife of James Hill, who serves on the Tarrant Regional Water District Board of Directors. <laughs> this is her first time running for office. Um, how convenient. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that just is a little fishy, you know. Uh, you can't say directly that, you know, that would be a, uh, you know, the int. I guess, uh, what, what's, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, clashing interest. What's the word? I'm totally blanking on like what you call that. Uh, conflict uh, of interest. Conflict of interest. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Brain. Um, yeah, and then so that those she's the only other new candidate. Everybody else for the other districts are still kind of the same people we ran down last time. I encourage you to go through that list. I'm yeah, I'm not sure if she'd be better or worse than a guy we have whose name's Leonard Firestone. And I'm basing my opinion off of almost solely his his photo. Um his face looks like he he had a face, and they put someone else's face on top of that face. <laughs> like if this was Scooby Doo, that he'd be one of the monsters, and then you take his mask off, and it'd be Old Man Jenkins. Bar. Yeah. So you take his mask off, Chungus Jordan. Are you talking about Jason Ellis? Uh, Leonard Firestone. Oh, Firestone. Yeah, the cat who's currently on the seat. Yeah. Um, who I don't believe is filed yet. No, he's not running again. He said he's retiring. What? I th I'm sorry, I misunderstood you because one of the candidates is pretty much running for his seat in his stead, like with his backing. Um, what district is Firestone in? Is it? It's seven. It's seven. It's okay. Number seven. Yeah. So it's if it's not Macy Hill, it's either Ellis or it must be Ellis. back home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Ellis. Um. And then we got Chris Chris Nettles in eight, so far running unopposed, which would be great. Uh, District nine, we got Jason Pena, another business owner who's a little vague about his platform, but maybe, I don't know. Again, we kind of need to update this in regards to their campaign websites and stuff. Uh, District 10, Alan Blaylock, 
also at this time running unopposed. And District 11 has four people, Christopher Johnson, Rick Herring, Tara Maldonado-Wilson, and Crystal Galvan. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go through the rest of the list, but there's more people on there. We also got the Tarrant Regional Water District, uh, and then we got the Fort Worth ISD um, school board. So, yeah, check out that list. Yeah, man. So, I guess we want to get into the... You know what I kind of wanted to do? Like, I'm not going to, we're not going to do this, but um, I encourage the listener to go back and listen to um, episode nine back, to, I think, two years ago on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we covered the uh, Bowman and ah, I wrote it down in our show notes. Let me pull them up real quick. I'm going to mess it up. Otherwise, if I don't, Bowman and Del Carmen, expert police panel report. Uh, and also the Sunset Commission report um, that we kind of detailed these recommendations for the Fort Worth Police Department, you know, after the whole Atatiana thing and after the George Floyd thing. And uh, uh, speaking of Atatiana, um, as some of you may be aware of uh, Atatiana's sister, Zion's mother, Amber Carr, uh, passed away. We do have an update uh, there's a GoFundMe right. with uh, Amber's sisters, Ashley, uh, trying to move. I don't know if it's to Fort Worth or the Dallas area, but she's trying to get a house for Zion and his brother. Um, to remind you guys, um, even before Tay died, uh, Tay is Atiana. Um, Atiana was basically at her mother's house living there to help take care of the mom. Zion was there because Zion's mom had health, health issues. Um, Atiana has now passed away. Her mother has now passed away. And unfortunately, now Amber has passed away. So this family needs a lot of help. I know some of you may think that, oh, they've had GoFundMe's before, but that wasn't for this. That was for legal expenses and medical expenses that pile up, you know. and this family didn't have money to begin with. They, they are part of the marginalized area, marginalized community. Um, there are a lot of barriers, which also makes it that much more infuriating that Atiana's life was taken because she was going to be a doctor. She was, despite all of the systemic barriers in her way, she was making a lot of progress. Um, so we highly encourage you all, if you're able to, we're going to put a uh, link yep. at the GoFundMe uh, of the GoFundMe on this uh, this podcast. Um, we highly encourage you all to donate. Yep. So we've got that below. I was, if you heard me clickety clicketing, that's I was I was adding that to it to the to the bottom of our, of our list. But um, yeah, absolutely. So I, it, you know, just kind of we we kind of talk about you know a lot of that stuff early on. If you if you're a newer listener, um. But in regards to this kind of story we're going to talk about here with Chief Noakes, um, we cover a lot of these recommendations that are kind of coming up again in the news now a couple of years later. So if you haven't heard, Civilian Review Board, or a, what do they call it, a Citizen Review Board, um, was something that we've been advocating for here on our show for a few years now, you know, since we've been a thing. Um, and it's something that a lot of Fort Worthians have expressed they desire to have in our community. You look around when we were even, 
look, you know, had uh, interviews for six different police chiefs before Noakes became the police chief, who was like the in-house guy. We interviewed five other police chiefs from other cities. And what, if I remember correctly, like four of them came from police departments and communities where they had citizens review boards, including one of them was Austin and one of them was like Las Vegas, I think. Um, yeah, then I think one of them was from Cali or something. Yeah. And so like it's kind of the norm across the country for police departments to have a body or an entity of local community members that are separate from the department that are involved in like, you know, cases regarding like police, you know, oversight or overreach rather. And so like, this is kind of a way, you know, that the people can kind of, you know, have a way to observe and critique and affect the way that police conduct their behavior. Or at least it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be. And like, you know, there's varying degrees of success in that regard. Right. But in Fort Worth, we don't have one. We haven't had one. It's been recommended to us based on previous Fort Worth, you know, overreaches, which there have been many documented ones, um, uses of excessive force, you know, or whatever. Also corruption, also, you know, uh, various other ones and various varying degrees of like, you know, lewdness, graphicness, you know, like it's Fort Worth is gross. We were, you know, if if you're, we spent a lot more time talking about this when we started as a podcast. There's multiple episodes where we kind of documented a lot of details. There was a list that Amber went through. I don't remember what episode it was where we were looking explicitly at what, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like demerit or uh, write up that a police officer had had, but they were not fired. And some of these police officers had as many as like 18 or 24 different incidents, incidences. One of them was was also, and I have to say allegedly, because I don't have this confirmed, but considering they have the same last name, I'm tending to believe this. One of them, uh, there's a high probability that they are related to the, unfortunately now, Tarrant County Commissioner, and as far as I know, still Fort Worth POA uh, president, or at least former POA president. I don't know if he's resigned from that position or not. But it was Manny Ramirez's cousin, and this guy, yeah, he had a list. And I'm pretty sure there's been several uh, uh, points in this man's career where the department wanted to fire him, but that damn POA wouldn't let him. Yeah, there's, you know, a lot. And one thing, and on a similar note, um, just want to remind us, or if we don't know, I want to make us aware that it's still not illegal for police officers to have sex with someone in their custody. Um, it's, you know, as long as it's quote unquote consensual, which based on the power dynamics there, uh, it's, it can't, can't be consensual. Um, also, uh, according to the Supreme court, even when it's not consensual, consensual, there are apparently exceptions to that rule. So, you know, we're not pointing any fingers or, or saying anybody explicitly, but that that happens. Uh, and yeah. so this when things like that happen and you have a civilian review board, uh, the community is a more aware of it. But then the community has more input in regards to like what happens to that officer, for instance. Um, however, so, OK, again, we got Noakes. He so we have this, I guess I'll take a step back. We missed this back in November when we were covering the election and talking about all that stuff. Uh, I failed to notice that. They were trying uh, to pass this review board in the in the Fort Worth City Council. It was, um, I don't, I wanted to say bill, but not a bill, but like a proposal 
that uh, Chris Nettles had brought up, and it lost. They lost the vote to a 5-4 vote, um, so it did not pass. And so now Chief Noakes is saying, well, let's do one, but let's have me pick all of the people who were going to be on it, which kind of defeats the purpose of having one if you're going to have the chief of police like handpick who those people are going to be. Uh, it's kind of a joke. What do you think, Thomas? Like, I don't know. Um, if this is a joke, it's not a very good one. <laughs> um, it is kind of funny. I will give them this, that they keep trolling the people and be like, oh, yeah, we'll have the community thing. And really, the, the idea here is the same thing a lot of cities who have the city who have the police chief pick the people on the citizens review board and they'll say things like oh the city doesn't know who needs to be there this can't be an elected position um yeah the main reason for that is so they can maintain power and maintain the certain order the last yep. thing they want is a is a citizens police board that has authority because a lot of a, a lot of to the times there's going to be things in that police department that shouldn't be going on. And with that police association that shouldn't be going on, that would have to stop. And if they wanted to stop it, they'd probably have to start paying people on that board off in some way or, way or fashion, you know, uh, campaign donations under table de under the table deals, that type of thing. And if you, if you think Fort Worth wouldn't, um, I would like to remind you, that before Betsy, Betsy Price left office, the Fort Worth POA and the Realtors Association were the biggest political donors by far mm -hmm. to the majority, and I mean the vast majority, of the city council. That is not uh, coincidental or accidental, okay? Yep. That is them saying, hey, we'll support you, but you have to support us. That is also why when the community you know, came, came out, became outraged, about a lot of the policing stuff, uh, the city council was less than enthusiastic to do anything. And a lot of the things they did were ceremonial. That little police report they had done was basically to shut everybody up then. You're going to see a lot of things since then that I'll say, oh, we have this, this police review done, but they're not really going to go into details about what that, what that report says. Yeah. Because then you're going to start realizing that there's a lot of big issues to the police department that they just aren't addressing. Yep. And like selecting Noakes even as chief when they did what a year ago around whenever that was, year, year and a half ago, over these other people who all essentially when they were asked the question, and we covered that episode as well, uh, if you want to go, for, I don't remember what the number of that one off top, but that like... They all they all say, yeah, of course, a police department should have a citizen. Like none of those people are the people who actually was picked as chief. It was Noakes who was selected, um, who was coming from inside the department, and so and he was just yeah. Kind of and to be clear, I don't think any of them were ever seriously considered. I think this is no. one of those situations where the call was always going to be coming from inside the house. Yeah, I agree. It was just a dog and pony show. Um, but so now I want to read from this article that you sent, Thomas. It is it is a Star Telegram article, but listener, we're not going to try and send you to the Star Telegram and make you have to pay it for a subscription or even really want to support that publication. So CBS covered why the would, exact same. Why story. would we pay a publication that doesn't pay pay their journalists? Yes, exactly. 
Um, however, they do have some good quotes in here I'm going to read from, but if you would like to see more on the story, there's some CBS links that I have down below in the doobly-doo that you can check instead. Um, essentially, Noakes' plan um, would uh, review police policy and practices, recommending changes, uh, have the board, essentially have the Citizen Review Board, uh, reviewing police policy and practices, recommending changes to the police chief, and serving as an additional avenue for residents' concerns. All members would go through training and a ride-along with officers before joining the board. What do you think of that? The ride-along? The forced, like the mandatory ride-along? I do think it's important. I do not trust the people doing this. You know, I do think that, like, I'm a bit of a technocrat, right? So I'm the guy who, when I see a entrepreneur or business owner or realtor, you know, in politics, I'm like, that needs to be somebody who actually studied the social sciences, you know? And this is a similar thing. I think it needs to be someone who has been educated in criminology, but it also needs to be someone who is a representative of, of the people in the city, right? Um, yeah, not necessarily somebody who's in who's in bed with the police department, but someone who wants to make it better and does not have a problem with challenging the police department. Um, exactly. My issue is that, yeah, they're going to do this right along. And it's probably going to be like one of those going through the motions things, because my issue is going to be that since this police police chief is picking people. He's probably going to pick some pro-police people, some people who aren't going to give him as much problem and are going to make him look good, right? So he's going to pick from a variety of people who probably are upsetting people in the community, but yeah. are also more pro-police than not. Yeah, sir. And I'm not saying being pro-police is a bad thing necessarily, but they're going to... They're going to be people who are pro police to the detriment of the people. Yeah, like I, I mean, we could zoom out for a second and just kind of talk about the what 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 makeup would you want on a civilian review board? I mean, you, I I don't know if I want everyone to have a criminology degree, but you certainly would want someone to kind of be have one at least one of them, depending on how big your board is, um, to to represent that academic perspective of the field itself. But you'd also wanted to have, you know, young people, old people, people in various economic right. classes, right? Like, like you know, you'd have you want you want to cover the whole spectrum and have as much diversity as possible, not just in a racial sense, but in just like a life experience sense. You'd want someone from the bartending, you know, service industry slash music community in Fort Worth. That's a thriving part of Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. But if you want to look at it as an economic thing, like that's a big part of our economy too. Is like that group of people. Yeah. Um, if you want to, if you want to address these disparities in the system, you have to have people who can participate. That's why, you know, uh, we're doing a lot of callbacks today, but, uh, I don't know if you guys recall, um, I was originally a big critic of the city council voting to give themselves a raise until someone pointed some things out. Um, most of the people on the city council are economically well off enough to where, where they don't necessarily need the income from the city council, exactly. right? But that's also results in a disparity because you have people who have to work outside of that and 
So you if can't their income's too low, they won't have the time to be in the city council. So yep. if they get a salary, they can have the time for that. You know. Yep, you can get a, a more diversity of people because they can afford to quit their job for two years to be on the city council or whatever, right? And maybe if you, you know, yeah. And here's the other thing: ultimately, everyone's going to work for their own interests. I'm not saying that as a selfish thing, but if you've been making 30k all your life you're going to have the perspective of someone who makes 30k right your yeah. problems might not be the same as someone who makes 15 or someone who makes 150 you know yeah exactly and like so you want people who have enough of a variety of life experience to protect everybody absolutely and like so that you know i agree about and like so that's the citizen review board and like back to the the ride along to me like i mm -hmm. I, I also think it's an opportunity for to get in people's ear about stuff or, or to frame the job or their role like in a certain way. Uh, and I don't think you necessarily need to know how cops do their jobs in a detailed sort of way to just know what you need as a community member or a citizen. It's like, hey, this is what I need, you know, like how you choose to do it and what, you know, is is a data point and and uh, you know I, I i hesitate to even say an important one because it's just one part of a giant picture of how all this stuff works um but like it you know that's the ride along to me just seems like an opportunity for them to talk to this person for however long four hours or whatever and just like really frame it in a certain way that could be you know it's obviously a heavy heavily biased but be just like kind of like misconstrue a lot of things or kind of you know persuade certain people so yeah i don't know i think Here's the thing. I do think that you need to be able to see things from the officer's perspective as well. So I think if they have ride-alongs, I think it should be a thing where they could pick which ride-along they go on onto because they need to have at least some understanding of some of the things you look for, you know, especially if they're reviewing police misconduct, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. No, there's certainly... You need to be able, you need to, be able to identify when, you know, force is appropriate you need to be able to identify when it's not appropriate um you need to also identify the risks that the officers take on a daily basis you know a lot of people think that people who want police reforms just aren't thinking about police officers we are the problem is they have officers doing all these tasks that they probably should not be doing and it's give, it's setting unrealistic expectations to have one department over this variety of tasks yeah with that with that even with that much uh and with that much tax revenue going in there going into the their coffers um it's downright financially irresponsible not to be constantly evaluating and reevaluating the system no absolutely so you know i don't there's certainly arguments for both like there's good arguments definitely for doing it but it's just something i'm just like kind of uh, suspicious of but anyways that's not even like the main point the article by the way this article is by david silva ramirez i do want to give credit to the journalist um continuing on it says quote the committee advisory board would meet four times a year with the ability to call for a special meeting so four times a year once a quarter i think that's reasonable do you think that's a reasonable amount of time or should it be like an on you know a weekly thing a monthly thing once every three months, what do you think? I think that there needs to be a variety of tasks for this police board. And I think some of the stuff, some of the meetings they have should be quarterly. 
but some of them should also be weekly. This shouldn't be a, oh, you know, a couple times a year and then you're done type deal. Yeah. You know, um, I can see a a situation where maybe the, the community police board meets by themselves. And I can see it in a situation where they all meet together, you know? Yeah. I would like to see uh, a situation where, you know, maybe the police board is kind of the judge and jury on police misconduct, right? Yeah. Instead of having this arbitration between the unions of the police department, you know, yeah, they could be like two separate parties and the police board could be like the people who decide what happens to who and when. Exactly. Um, so uh, it, it continues on that Noakes' board would have 19 members instead of nine, which I guess was what was in the proposal back in November. Uh, and instead of the council picking the members, the chief suggested that he would select all of them. He's already named 13 of them, and it lists the name of these people in the article, which I'm going to read in a little bit. Um, the board would also include two police department members serving as non-voting advisory liaisons. Noakes would select Deputy Chief Buck Wheeler and Commander Monica Martin to be these like two non-voting liaisons. Um, several council members, many of whom supported the previous board proposal, criticized the lack of the council and community input. Um, Elizabeth Beck says the big difference between this board and the board that was proposed by the council is who gets to pick them, uh, whether it's the community through the council who are elected or the police department, you know, who's, you know, that's, it's not as they're like, they're, they're picked essentially by the city council, but not by, (laughs) Uh, so it's a slightly different process. So I guess one more, one more le- level of like obfuscation or whatever. But what do you, what do you think of the liaisons? Like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Like, you're probably gonna have to have, like, so you said some meetings with, you know, without them, uh, and then some meetings with them, consulting them, communicating with them or whatever. I think would make sense. I don't, you know, how how active of a role they would play. Um. Um, here's what I think. I think the fact that he picked 19 people and the community isn't involved, I think right there, since the community isn't voting, you can't call this a community police board, first of all. Second of all, um, the fact that he picked 19 people, that is an arbitrary number. Where did he get that from? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an odd number, which I think, I think he's doing this to make it as ineffective as possible. So that he can eventually get rid of it and be like, well, we tried. And it didn't work. That's what he was wanting to do. And there's going to be conservatives who are dumb enough to be like, well, they tried and it didn't work. They're not going to. So you think 19 is too big? Like it's going to be too hard or too unorganized to like get anything done with 19 people? Yeah. For something like this, definitely. Like the reason Congress is so big is because we have a big population and everything. Um, Considering these aren't people picked from the community, it's people handpicked by the police chief. Um, the big number is just there to basically allow him to grandstand and say, hey, we have this big variety of people here, and they all said this or that, right? Yeah. But they're really all in his pocket. You get what I'm saying? Um, I would rather have something like, okay, we have X amount of districts, right? Yeah. Well one or two people from each district people vote for him just like the city council does 
maybe you make some uh, certain legal requirements to be on there. Possibly. Kind of like with uh, district attorneys and stuff like that, or judges. Um, but yeah, maybe you do that, and then you have people you know, on the police board. But I don't think it's because the whole point of community police board is to give the community a seat at the table, right? Yeah. So when the Oversight. police chief is picking the members, you're shutting the community out. And exactly. you're, you're gaslighting them, too, because you're saying, hey, I let you in. But you didn't let them in. Yeah, it's it's just a just it's just a wave of the hand, you know, to look look or waving keys at a baby or something, right? Just it's, it's a distraction. It's just to say that they did something. Yeah, one thing it's, that, it's to say they did something when they really didn't. Exactly, exactly. It just look like they're doing stuff. So we were wondering last time we couldn't remember her name, Kim Neal, who was the police monitor. She's not the police monitor anymore. <laughs> uh, it it doesn't say why, but it says former police monitor Kim Neal. Uh, brought a police advisory board proposal to the council in September 2021, but they never voted on it. Um, uh, and then, uh, let's see. Boop, 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 boop. He, Noakes has claimed that, quote, uh, police chiefs with similar boards said they were detrimental to the community and to police relations, end quote, which is, I think is a bunch of BS. Um, so here's the names. I don't know. I don't recognize any of these people. But I'm sure maybe some of our listeners will. I'm sure these people, like you said, are probably community leaders. Um, but these are the 13 who have already been selected for this board. Uh, Rabbi Andrew Bloom, Susan Garnett, Felipe Gutierrez, Lauren King, Annette Landeros, Parrish Lowry, Brent Carr, Lee Muhammad, David Sions, Ty Stimson, Estrus Tucker, Murali Venam, Venam, sorry, Murali, and Estella Williams. And he said, quote, I have great respect for a lot of these members that you've selected, but what? Oh, no, this is Chris Nettles. Chris Nettles saying, I have great respect for a lot of these members that you've selected. But when I look at the selection, there are a group of people that I think are missing. Um. And he said he essentially doesn't want people that are just going to agree with the department, which is implying, I guess, you know, the, some of these people would just agree with the department. Um, Gina, well, that's interesting. So this is who I think it is. Lee Muhammad has been a registered member of the Nation of Islam since 1994. Did you just Google him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, like, how do you know that? Um, uh okay okay so we've got a rabbi we've got a uh you know a muslim um from the nation that's kind of surprising to be honest but okay um yeah so you know i i think you would want like I, again we've said earlier regular people that's great if these people are very revered in the, in different respective areas and that's nice and you do want some people like that on there, but you don't want only people like that on there. That's still only getting a certain perspective of things. Um, and, you know, anyways, we kind of already said all that. I'm going to read a little bit more. This is where uh, Gita Bivens kind of says her a little bit. Um, quote, council members suggested multiple compromises for the issue of selecting the members, saying they could form two boards or add nine members with people chosen by the council. 
Councilmember Gina Bivens was much more critical of the chief's board in general, saying council members of color were strategically left out of the process and that the people selected know little about city processes, even if they're well-meaning. I know a game when I see it, she said, and it's unfortunate that the wishes of the people, the race and culture task force who called for an oversight committee has been ignored. So it's not Gina Bivens like calling it out like, okay. I gotta give her points. I don't want to give her points, but I'm giving her points. Yeah, I I know a game when I see it. I like it, you know. Um, council members uh, Carlos Flores, Michael Crane, Alan Blaylock, and Leonard Firestone, who you were talking about earlier, all of whom voted down the November proposal, did not comment after Noakes' presentation. Uh, however, Maddie, Maddie Parker said there's need for further deliberation that she would send her feedback to Noakes directly. So. Uh, they have not made a decision on this. This is not like a proposal that has passed a vote, but this is what the chief's proposal is. So, again, oh. yeah. Okay. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if this is because the city council wants to have power or if some of them woke up and were actually like, you know what? No, we actually need to give it to him. This is going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to go how people think i think a lot of the people on the city council right now are grandstanding yeah it's, um, mostly because oh again, right that's why city city elections are up here yeah so they need to pretend they actually care about the people so what's going to happen uh i'm calling it now um there's going to be further de- deliberations and then they're going to decide to make a decision at a later date which is conveniently after the elections yeah yeah that that sounds about right i'm trying to remember when the changeover is like the election happens but when did when do they take office like is it november i forget when the when they when they roll into their offices um but yeah I uh I I can totally see that like this is this is something to talk about this is something to kind of draw a line in the sand on certain issues so candidates can speak to their base and posture um and actually is this you know this could be a bunch of nothing this this proposal that the chief proposes might die might never come again it could be negotiated into something different um so I mean I guess like if, to, if we're trying to look at it from like a silver lining perspective at least they're talking about a civilian review board even if it's a crappy one that the chief is like going to have his fingerprints all over. Um, that's not, you know, we can have a doom and gloom session if that actually happens, but that's, you know, not a guaranteed thing. It's not even probably likely that this is actually going to go through as is. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be a talking point for sure. We can look at how our people who are running are candidates. I'm sure they'll have maybe takes on this as well or get asked this if they're good journalists. Maybe we should do that, Thomas. Maybe we should ask them that question about what they think about the police. And You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that uh, they have numbers. They have phone numbers, right, on their yeah. application for place on ballots. These aren't just random people. I think we could do that. That's a great idea. That's exactly what we should do. We, we, there's a couple of years ago, we actually sent out stuff and we, we got to talk to DC Caldwell because he's the only person who replied. Um, but there's a big slate of candidates this year. We could, I think, get a little five question questionnaire, uh, and just send them out, yeah, through email or text and just see what we get back and kind of run down one of those, uh, or one of those, run down those on one of our episodes. Man, man, I, I, I have, I need more coffee or something. My brain just, yeah, this is exactly why I got coffee. This, yeah. 
But the second I realized that, like, it, it took me 30 minutes to realize that my 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 uh, audio interface needed phantom power for this <laughs> new sexy SM7B. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's when I was like, I gotta get some caffeine. Caffeine. By the way, how do I sound? You sound great, man. You sound fantastic. I'm I'm so excited and happy for you that you got you got some uh, the best microphone in the industry, industry standard, right there. Yeah. Uh, before you know, I was having to do the whole can with string and you know guys it would get caught i'm sorry i was running running a can with springs all the way from my house so so it was it was a logistical nightmare <laughs> all right our apologies um i don't know what i was thinking i finally got it together okay yeah. we're, we're good no, you're good and and i got everything with like the the warranty and the insurance because um you know it's gonna rain it's gonna rain on me there you go gonna it was, but when the rain falls it don't fall on one man's house as bob marley said right exactly you know gotta look out for each other well hell yeah buddy well i think that's i think that's the topic of of this week you know this we're still waiting to see a few more candidates come out well thomas is currently going over you know adding in campaign finance information on these people as we go through it so we will certainly be keeping, keeping you guys updated uh, and we'll come back here in a couple of weeks with some more sweet information for you guys to, to put in your ear holes into your brain. <laughs> so, thanks for listening and have a wonderful week. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Party!